Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi, my name's Hayden. For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet, why don't we thank uh, Jeremy and David for that great story of all the places you'll go by Dr. Zeus. And keep the applause going for Amanda and Tessa. Wasn't that absolutely amazing? Beautiful, beautiful story. You know, we uh, acknowledge that today is Father's Day and uh, as a church we celebrate on a Day, but we also acknowledge that for some people today can be a really hard day. Uh, maybe you've lost your father uh, in the last 12 months or maybe that's a relationship that is strained um, in your life and we just pray uh, that you have peace today, uh, that you have restoration uh, in that relationship and that you find a way to write the next chapter of your story uh, for your life. And so tonight I'm not going to speak about being a dad. I'm going to talk about, oh, so soon, (laughs) being a son and a child. You know, like all families, we've had our fair share of dysfunction and it's not always rosy as Instagram or Facebook might make it appear. But tonight I want to share you with stories of my dad. Anthony Vivian Glass was born on the 18th of January 1954 in Queensland. He was the third child of Margot Cooper Glass, for those of you playing along at home, that's where my son's name came from, and Robert Cecil Glass. He's the youngest brother to Sister Catherine and brother Richard, who's only 11 months older than him. Robert and Margot met while serving in World War II. She was making the bombs in a factory that he was then dropping from an aeroplane. Dad and his family grew up in Nambour on the Sunshine Coast of Queensland, where post-war his father ran the sugar mill and the family lived on site, which proved to be lots of adventures after the workers went home. Tony's father passed away at a young age and Margot and the family had to fend for themselves. Margot worked full-time at a local chemist while Catherine went to teacher's college and the boys reluctantly finished high school. After high school, Tony became a surveyor and then quickly followed the dollars to the oil and gas industry in the late 1970s, where he's still involved today. This was around the time that he met a lady called Christine, a mutual friend of a flatmate who was living in Perth. Christine had come to Australia as a 10-pound pom, where she originally lived in Sydney, but she vowed that she would always end up living in Perth one day. Tony and Christine lived over across different parts of Australia, and after falling pregnant with yours truly, they decided to get married on the 14th of February 1981, yes, on Valentine's Day. On August 26, I was born under induction on the, in a Gold Coast hospital as Dad had come to the end of his off-work uh, period and needed to go back to the rig for another four weeks. Early in 1982, Tony and Christine relocated back to Perth and in May 1983, my sister Rachel was born. Under the immense strain of FIFO work for 28 days on and 28 days off, along with some other factors, Tony and Christine divorced on the 14th of February 1988. Yes. Valentine's Day. Due to work schedules, it was hard to form and maintain a strong relationship with Dad, but that certainly shifted now, and Dad is one of my best mates. Growing up, I certainly took a very different path to what he might have thought I did. The oil rigger's son became the pastor. But over the years, I've seen Dad display some amazing values, and I want to share some of his stories tonight in the hope that they'll continue to be part of my story and bring hope to your story as well. John 15 verse 12 talks about mateship. And I believe that mateship is a principle of God. John 15 verse 12 says this, This is my commandment, that you love 
one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends, and if you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for servants do not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my fathers, I have now made known to you. You know, I've watched Dad have lots of great friends and mates over the years, but there's a few guys that really have stood out to me. Smithy, Spiros and Sam. They met in the 70s while working on the oil rig called the Mission Viking. They all lived in Perth and became great mates, and while they were away, us kids used to all get together with their wives and, and their families. And, you know, since that time, two of them have passed away, but they still have a lotto syndicate together called the Viking <laughs> that their families have maintained uh, and still contribute to, and they're still waiting for the big one <laughs> 40 years on. I reckon they've probably... Sp- anyway, let's not do the maths. No matter what they've gone through with their families or personally or health-wise, they've always been the best of mates, even when they didn't agree. They spoke their mind, but they respected each other and valued mateship way more than actually being right, something that we actually don't see too much of today. As I said, Smithy and Spiros have both passed away, but Sam and Dad still get together and fill in each other on the family antics and over the years, there's been a few, and they look out for each other. I do remember this one day, though, where I had to ring Sam for something, and I can't even remember what it was, and as soon as he knew that it was me on the other end of the phone, he just said, Hayden, I know your dad's away, what do you need? And to me, that, that spoke way more than just me ringing Sam about something. It was the fact that, because I was Tony's son, that I got to have that similar level of relationship with Sam, And I knew that if dad was ever away and I was stuck, that I knew that I could go to Sam and Sam would help me out. And that has brought so much peace. But, you know, I think if we were to read John 15 and if Jesus had been an Aussie, I reckon he would have used the word mate. You know, that true blue fashion, a bloke has no greater love than to give up his life for his mate. You know, the scripture doesn't suggest that we uh, merely inconvenience ourselves or put ourselves out. It tells us to lay down our lives for our friends. You know, and friends in scripture means a covenant relationship. There's just no other way of saying friendship. It's not about casual acquaintances or false friends, but it's about true friends. And you know, every, almost every good thing that happens to you will come through a friendship or a relationship. Can I encourage you, like Tony, find good friends. Have great people in your tribe. Have people that are around about you that are encouraging you that want to see the best for your life and want to see you go and, enc- and go and fulfill the hopes and dreams that you have for your life. But most importantly, be that good friend. Love your friends, cheer them on, and value friendship more than actually being right. Remember, if you win an argument, you lose a friend. The second thing that I've seen my dad do and, and excel at is work ethic. I've only ever seen my dad work hard and something that I believe that I've carried on into my own life. And he's not only worked hard, but he's worked in a really hard industry. 28 days on, 28 days off while he's on the rig. It's 12-hour days. Sometimes the whole month will be night shift and there's travel involved in that and all that sort of thing. He spent a lot of time away from his friends and his family but it's all been to provide for his family. 
That's been his driving force the entire time. He never wanted his family to go without like he did when he was growing up. You know, Colossians 3 and verse 23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily and as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. The Bible talks about working hard. The Bible talks about Proverbs 12 verse 11. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity will be devoid of understanding. Proverbs 13 verse 4 says, The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of a diligent shall be made rich. You know, as most of you know, with my work and what I get to do, and which I love and I'm so passionate about, and I can't believe that I actually get paid to do what I do, uh, but I travel quite a bit for work and, you know, not everyone understands it or supports it. And, but when you understand the why like we do, it makes it all worth it. You know, I'd recently come back a trip from a trip and uh, I rang dad and we we're just chatting away and he asked me if I was at work that day or whether I'd taken the day off because I'd arrived late um, home the night before. And I said, no, 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 I'm working. And I guess I was slightly looking for some sympathy. <laughs> and he just said, good, work is good for you. <laughs> And I know that that strong worth ethic is something that I have from him. And I'm so grateful that I'm not afraid of it. Be the employee at your workplace that works hard. Set a good example. Don't just let people go and do whatever they do and don't fall into what other people are doing and all that sort of thing. Work hard. Make it an honest living for yourself and actually go above and beyond uh, what you need to do in that place. The third thing that I've learned from my dad and a story of my dad is around generosity. Luke 6 and verse 38 says this, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Proverbs 22 verse 9 says, He who has a generous eye will be blessed for he who gives bread to the poor You know, when people think of generosity, they immediately think of money. And uh, generosity can be shown in so many other ways. You know, my dad has worked hard and he's been in a position to be able to bless people financially. And thankfully, I and my family and my sister, we've been on the receiving end of some of that blessing as well. But I've seen a lot more generosity from my dad when he's never put his hand in his pocket. When he's generous with his time, he's generous with his words, he's generous with his talents and his abilities sometimes overly generous with his opinions, (laughs) but valued nonetheless. Let's be people that are generous. Let's be people that look out for each other, that it's not just about the money that can fix it, but it's about going, what do you need? How can I help? How can I come alongside you? And actually invest in people's lives and be generous. Be generous with your words. They don't cost you anything. If you think of someone during the week, send them that text message. Send them that email. Tell them that you're thinking about them. You know, sometimes I'll think of someone and I'll ring them and they'll say, oh, how come you rang? And I'm like, I was just thinking of you and I just wanted to say hi. And sometimes the phone call might go for less than 30 seconds. But I know that when I've received those calls, that's the best 30 seconds of your entire week. So be generous. Look out for each other. Find ways to bless people, not just with money, but with your time, your gift and your talents as well, and also with your words. The fourth thing that I've learned from dad and is that family is ultimate. You know, blood is certainly thicker than water and dad has always placed a high value on family, no matter the distance uh, 
for the last eight or so years. My dad's actually lived in Vietnam and so uh, my sister's in Melbourne. And so we've had to use technology. We've had to teach dad how to FaceTime, how to use Facebook and Instagram and all those fun things. And he's doing pretty good at it, mostly. But, you know, he's always instilled the same in us and encouraged us the same with us and our families as well. But what I've also known with dad about family is that he's never too busy for a phone call or a coffee catch-up or a visit to the park with his grandchildren. You know, while I've missed out on some of the usual things with a father who's worked away and lived overseas, when he's present, I really know that he's here. You know, we watched him embrace a daughter-in-law with Kylie and a son-in-law with my brother-in-law, Jordan, and he treats them the same as he treats Rachel and myself. You know, family can be hard. You see the best of each other and you also see the worst. And things get said in the heat of the moment or things get implied or perceived and, and things like that. Can I just say to you this? Find a way to forgive. Find a way. I don't know the stories of this room. I don't know your stories. And I'm sure that there are some pretty dark stories there. But I know that there is a God that can bring healing. I know there's a God that can bring restoration. And find a way to forgive. Find a way to make that phone call, to reach out. Will they hang up on you? Maybe. But make an effort anyway. Because what if they don't? What if that's the phone call that they're waiting for? Find a way to love anyway. Colossians 3 and verse 12 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you must also do that. Proverbs eleven twenty nine: He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind, and the fool will be the servant to the wise of heart. Even if it's hard, find ways to maintain connection and communication. Pretty much for the last eight years that Dad's been in Vietnam, we have a loose scheduled Monday phone call. And I know that every Monday we're going to talk and we chat different times throughout the week, but every Monday I know that I'm going to get a phone call or I'm going to call him and normally his first question is now is, how's Savannah and Cooper? Um, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks, Dad. It's going awesome. Having a great time. But we found a way to, to build and maintain that relationship and to, remain, and to maintain what has been there. For my dad right now, the next chapter is his story is currently being written. And in the past month, he's been diagnosed with stage four lung and bone cancer, something that we weren't expecting. He starts chemotherapy, radiation and immunotherapy over the next couple of weeks. And we're believing for a great outcome. But what I've seen over the past couple of weeks is a strong dad with the resilience to defy the odds and put up a pretty big fight. I've also seen a man maintain the values and qualities that I've spoken about tonight. The stories that I've shared about his family, generosity and mateship have remained consistent. Work's kind of taking a little bit of a back seat, but he was kind of thinking of retiring anyway. Much similar to my dad, there is a heavenly father who is the same for you yesterday, today, and forever. As I mentioned in the beginning, you may have a negative experience of your father, your earthly father. Try God. He will love you unconditionally. 
He will encourage you. He will support you. And he will give you a helper in the Holy Spirit along the way too. God is a good, good father. Can everyone close their eyes and bow their heads? Like I just said, there is a God that loves you. There is a God that doesn't look at the last bits of your story about the things that have happened, the things that you've done. He loves you anyway. And if you were the last person on earth, he would still have died for you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And if you don't know if that's you tonight or you don't know whether you've ever prayed a prayer that's invited Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, then I would love to lead you in a prayer tonight. I would love you to invite you, to introduce you to a good, good father. And so I know who I'm praying with. Would you just slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to help you. and I want to lead you in a prayer. Maybe you've prayed a prayer like this before in a building like this, at a service like this. But life has happened and you've walked your own journey for a little while. Friend, come home. There is a father waiting for you. There's a father who loves you. That he's ready to welcome you back with open arms. Is there anyone like that tonight that I can pray with? That's awesome. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Thanks. Can we pray with anyone else tonight? Then church, those people that lift you your hands, I just want you to repeat these words after me and we're going to encourage you with the decision that you've made tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe you're my Lord and Saviour. I invite you into my heart. Take over my life. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your peace. I'm ready to live a life for you. Thank you for being a good, good father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for those people that lifted their hands. I thank you that right now that you're just wrapping your arms around about them and you're filling them with your peace and with your love. In Jesus' name, may you be the good, good father in their life. Amen. Why don't we welcome and celebrate those people right now. It's amazing. If you lifted your hand and prayed that prayer or maybe you didn't lift your hand but you prayed that prayer anyway, it doesn't matter which order, you do it in, then we want to help you. We want to start you on the Christian journey and show you what the next steps are. And so what we'd love for you to do is uh, we've got a yes text line at 488 826 392 all you need to do is just type the word yes and send it to that phone number and for the next 30 days uh, we will send you a scripture and a prayer to your phone at 7am every single morning and we just want to help you start reading the Bible and teaching you how to pray and then once those uh, that 30 days is finished you'll be invited to uh, be a part of other mini series that, that are going on as well because we want to see you develop and be discipled uh, and learn what this Christian living um, is all about. If you don't have a phone, you're welcome to send an email to yes.metrochurch. Sorry, to visit our webpage, yes.metrochurch.org.au and we'll be able to send you those emails uh, every single day. 
It doesn't stop there. We have church like this every Sunday, 9.30am and 5pm. There are other options for you to be able to connect during the week as well with small groups and things like that. And there's lots of information at our Connect Hub uh, where you can find out how you can take those next steps. Is that cool? Awesome. Why don't we congratulate and celebrate those people again? Why don't we stand, church? We're going we're gonna to sing the song that we sang before, Good, Good Father. And maybe for you, this is an encouraging prayer about the next step for your life and what you want to do. But maybe for some people, this is an opportunity to ask God to help you, to be a great man, to be a great woman, to live a great life, to, to come back to God again. We believe that God can restore you that God can heal you, that God wants to live you a, live a great life through you because the best is yet to come. Amen.